<laughs> Welcome to Burning in Hell. I love that. Was that aggressive? Um, it was frightening. That's good. I want you to be a little fearful. Great. Well, I am. Because life is scary. Honestly, though, it is. It is. Life is so scary. Every day I'm like, I think I'm in hell. That's why I picked you to be on this podcast. <sighs> Thank you. You're like, she's in a state of hell. Because you're <laughs> dark. Well you're a dark in. person. I'm dark as shit. But you have beautiful <laughs> blue eyes. Okay, we just talked yeah. about cursing. Thank you. Three seconds in. I know. Well, I said to myself, because <laughs> you know what? Is hell a curse word? To my mother, yes. That is adorable. Thank you. Your mother's adorable. She's the best. I love her. So for people who don't know you. Yeah. First of all, they're missing out. Yeah, huge mistake. Huge mistake. But now they will be, all, have a lot of you today. Yeah. Jesse is one of the one of a hundred creators from around the world selected from YouTube's Women in Comedy. It's true. She's a female. Thank you. And she's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Thank you. First off, bomb. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's been featured on Time. Hello, Giggles. That's the one with what? Amy Poehler. No, it's nope. That's Zoe Deschanel. Let's, Smart Girls is okay. Edit that. Edit that Just one edit out. that out. Um, the Huffington Post, <laughs> Cosmo, Funny or Die. A lot of fucking places. Oh, I could name them all if I wanted to. Yeah. So I see you yeah. as this girl who's so confident. Thank you. So funny. Well, thank you. And then I find out you also you edit, you produce. Yeah. You're smart. So that intimidates me. Smart and funny, I'm afraid that you're going to just, you know, take over the world. Think I'd like to. In a good way. In a great way. But I also am pretty close to you as a friend. Yeah. And I heard that you have been through some shit. For sure. And I kind of want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. I really don't hide it. And I love that. To the point where, like, sometimes I'm on a date and I'll say something and I'll be like, Jesse, at least wait till, like, date two or three to, like, put this on the table. No, I like to, in the very beginning, be like, what kind of trauma have you gone through <laughs> yeah. that you will project on me? And is it compatible with the shit I'm going to project on you? Yeah, let me tell you, like, warning signs for me. When you see me do this, this is why. Immediately he, like... He puts some ranch dressing on a salad, and I'm like, I'm triggered. Yeah. My ex loved ranch. Please never use ranch in my presence. For me, I'm like, I had an eating disorder. I'm triggered. I threw up a lot of ranch dressing. Okay, great. Shit is getting real. Shit's getting real real quick. We're cursing, and we're getting real. I know. Real, but you know what? <laughs> Sometimes when you're getting real, a curse helps. Because you're like, we're you okay. Like, we're having fun. We're talking about this really Just deep thing. Just a couple thing, sailors talking yeah. shit. That's how you become friends with someone anyway. Way. Well, we became friends because you came into the office. We yeah. both are video producers at Betches. Yeah. And I was insecure about something and I kind of broke down to you and you were like, I'm insecure about that shit too. Yeah. And I was like, are we in love? Right. And I was like, yes. It's all a game too. And I also have that. tissues in case we cry. I probably will cry. I'll say that right now. If you don't cry, I'll be offended. Okay. Well, I love pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I love pressure to cry. Speaking of pressure, yeah. Oh, I kind of want to get into this. Let's get into it. Um, you're one of the funniest women in New York City, but I know that people are only really funny after a good dose of childhood drama. True. So, like, let's dig in. You want childhood trauma? Not yet. I just want. Oh. I just think it's a good point that like. Yeah, you're only if you are only a comedian if you've gone through so much shit that at one point you looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like, "Hey, 
you're going to get a personality, mister, because that's all we got. Uh, that's no, but my it's path. Like, you don't appreciate a good laugh unless you've had a lot of good cries. That's so, I always say that. Like when you're crying, you're right next to laughing and vice versa. You know when you're crying it's and like you get that first It's like how love and hate la- are yes. so close emotions. And you're crying and you're looking yourself in the mirror and you're like, is this a laugh cry? Is this a cry laugh? Nobody right. knows. Do I look beautiful? I always want to be a pretty crier. I That's actually, a side note. You are a pretty cry. That's nice that you say that. Didn't you say that to me before? I think I've always, like, I try to plant the seed in as many people as I can. So you're like, when I do cry in front of you, it's going to be hot. It's going to be gorgeous. And you're going to be like, wow, I never knew that she was, like, so vulnerable. See, I hold it in and take it out on other people in different ways. But I want to mm. cry more. It's on yeah. my to-do list. I'll help but you. speaking of comedy, a lot right. of comedians are fucked up. So that's yes. why I wanted you here. Um, you perform on stage and on camera all the time. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest insecurity about, like, putting yourself out in front of these people? As By these people, I mean strangers who are like, make me laugh, clown. <laughs> Normally, if I am at a venue and someone screams, let, make me laugh, clown, I'm like, okay, let me just say one thing real quick. I went to circus camp as a kid, tried out to be a clown, didn't make it. They were like, you're going to be a fire breather. And I was like, uh, okay. I guess. That sounds aggressive. It was aggressive. Should we do it in a video? A little fire breathing action? Do you think it's on brand for Betches? <laughs> it could be. It was a weird time in my life. Uh, we'll get to that later. But I want to know, yeah. before you go on stage, mm-hmm. what's your biggest insecurity besides just like not making people laugh? Uh, my biggest insecurity normally is how I look. That's like That's a seed that is always in my... Brain. When did you first start getting that insecurity? Because when you're young, you don't give a flying fuck. When I'm young, yeah. I don't. I have a booger on my nose, and I'm like, I love life. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that were true for me. <laughs> I feel like here's a fun fact: when I was in fifth grade, I lost like all my hair. Fun. Which is so fun. And people were like, she has cancer. And I was like, okay, run with it. <laughs> um, but I had trichotillomania. Guys, look it up. What it is, is it means I had such anxiety mm-hmm. that I pulled my own hair out. Mm. Which is... So it feel, it's almost like a therapeutic yeah. thing. Like it feels good to pull. It's like a cut cutting, but instead you're pulling hair. It is true, yes. So... Uh, At what point were your parents like, oh, she has a problem? Well, you know, at first my parents were like, uh, is it lice? You know, and I wasn't blatantly. Is it hair eating lice? <laughs> <laughs> is it the shampoo? I mean, I wasn't right out fessing up to it. Well, also, in you my don't defense. know. When you're that young, you're I, just like, this feels nice. And right. now I'm bald. But Yeah, and my dad is bald. So I remember, <laughs> it is true. It's very ironic. So I remember, like, my dad came into my room at one point and was like, Jesse, like, why are you pulling your hair out? Like, if I could have hair, like, I would. And I was like, I don't know. By the way, everyone at school loves this look on me. <laughs> and, like, I'm thriving. Uh, Were you? No. I, no, I couldn't have been in, like, a worse place. What do you think the anxiety was stemming from? That's a great question. Um, I think I had anxiety just, like, off the bat. Yeah. Like, happy birthday, I had anxiety. I didn't know, like why or from what um that's the thing with anxiety people are always yeah people will be like what's wrong and it, they always go i don't know yeah and then you're like i can't fucking help you and then i would what i do with my anxiety is i think i know why i'm like it makes total sense i'm just nervous about losing this tennis match yeah but it's like 
a lot of people don't have psycho anxiety over just a tennis match. Yeah. It's like it's the thing that comes with you in life. Yeah. But it's like you have to learn that it's it's like a shitty friend you have. Right. That you just have to tell to shut the fuck up. Right. And not let it chill with your crew anymore. Yeah, you can't chill with my crew anymore, like, which uh, is just me. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't chill with us anymore. Yeah. So when did you get your hair back? Yeah, so uh I think at the end of fifth grade or whatever, I stopped. Like, I, I something clicked that I was like, okay, don't pull your hair. Note to mm-hmm. self, stop pulling hair out. Mm-hmm. So then my hair grew back, but it grew back, like, the way it does when a baby gets hair. Oh, like a little furry hair. Yeah, like, it's not the cutest look. Did you ever do a wig or anything? I didn't. I never did a wig. I did, like, a thick headband. Which was love a adorable. <laughs> yeah, people loved it. They loved that look. It's so funny because in fifth grade, yeah, you're still like guys don't even care about girls. I mean, they kind of do. Yeah, they're exploring, but it's really like sixth, seventh, eighth grade that puberty is hitting. So I'm glad that happened for you before. But that did shape me forever. Like that feeling of looking in the mirror, being bald. <laughs> And like that means like you went hardcore because I know people who have just like spotty. Oh, hair. I don't do anything just a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I go why all I the way. Love you. I, know. I was like, oh, I'm not just gonna pull if out I'm a little of my it, hair. I'm gonna yeah. have, be the best at it. I'm gonna be <laughs> fucking bald. Uh, so yeah, that but that shaped me forever. Like the way I felt about myself then is the way that I continued. And I think that's why most comedians, it's not like, oh, I had a bad breakup three years ago. No. No, you have deep-rooted shit from the first first 10 years really shape you. Like, I'm from New York City. I experienced (gasps) 9-11. And I just recently am, like, talking to my therapist about how much that fucked me up. And I'm like, everyone went through 9-11. They're like, yeah, but... When you're 10 years old and that happens, wow. that's when you're 10 is like what 10. 10 is fifth grade. Yeah. That's when you start realizing what life is. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, people can mm-hmm. die like that. Yeah. Like my friend's parents can just die one day. Ugh. So that was fucking dark. And then I just started playing tennis to not Distract. have to deal with it. Yeah. But all the anxiety from those other things, I just would focus it in on my tennis. Yeah. So my question to you is, tennis was my thing. Right. When did you start with comedy? Uh, so I knew from a young age I loved not being myself, which is why I liked acting. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, take take a trip away from your problems, sister, and like just be somebody else who has their you know, stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great escape. Same with improv, because I, I always had anxiety. So I remember in improv, it was like, you have to be in the moment. You have to be, like, listening. So I couldn't be thinking about all the things that normally my brain was racing. It's true. It is a magical escape. Yeah. When did you realize that you were funny? You know, it actually did take a little bit, because uh, my brother, I have an older brother, who yeah. is also a comedian. So Danny, her brother, I just want to yeah. tell the fans, yeah. he's one of the pretty big characters on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yeah. on CW. He was just on Colbert. He was just on Colbert. Yeah. So you both are in this industry together. Right. What is that like? Well, that's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being like, oh, don't do comedy. That's his thing. Oh, I hate that too. You ever? Yeah. I 
you ever have a friend that's doing something and then you realize, oh my God, I would love to do that. And right. then you're like, I can't do it because this one person I know is doing yeah. it. Yeah. And they'll think I'm copying them or like. But it's like life's too fucking short. Well, totally. And he is a guy. So that does make it different. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going out for the same part. You have different brands. We have different. We have very different brands. <laughs> <laughs> my aesthetic is different. Than it's true. Like Danny uh, is comfortable playing sort of like a meek you know, character and guy. You are not me. And right, that's the opposite of me, mm-hmm. you know. In- Do you guys ever talk to each other about the hardships of the industry? I'm very supportive because I think that's the only way you can be with anyone. In no, this yeah, that's industry, great. You know? And jealousy is normal. I think that's something I tell myself. It's like, it's okay to be it's jealous. It's normal, but once you can control your jealousy, yeah. you will take over the fucking world. Right. As a tennis player, imagine as a young age... Everything is comparing yourself to the other girls. My dad's yeah. like, why isn't your backhand as good as that girl? Why did you lose to that girl? So immediately I was consumed by like, you walk in a tournament and there's 12 other girls who look just like you right. who are 11 years old and they have a ranking and they have coaches. So I would like be in intense stress if I was constantly comparing myself to these people. Yeah. So once I overcame that, which took a while, because you can't play your best when you're like, so scared that people are going to think you're less than this girl. Totally. So once you can really be comfortable in your own uniqueness. Right. Then life, you have better friendships. You have better relationships. You're more successful. You surround yourself with other people that bring each other up, Mm -hmm. especially in the female community. Yeah, we have to be bringing each other up. It's so easy to just be like, that girl does this, that girl does that, and the energy comes right back to you. Right. And people talk shit about you. And next thing you know, men are doing whatever they're doing while we're fucking clawing it out. Right, we can't. We're taught to hate women. So we hate women, but then it's like innately, like, what are we doing? We need to be supporting each other. Like, whatever I hate in other people, also, I just hate in myself. That's what they say, whatever. Yeah. If someone hates you, it's like their own shit. It, it always it's their own shit. So that's why with my therapist. Yeah. Therapy's great, oh, guys. therapy. We love therapy. Pamela. Love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's your therapist's Prince name? Nina. Nina? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's triggering to me because I feel oh like God. she's trying to confuse me. Yeah, I'd be like, Nala? It's spelled <laughs> Nina. So it, Nina. I, mean, I was oh. like, hey, Nina. And she goes, it's Nina. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work out. I'm going to call you Dr. N. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do here? That's crazy. <laughs> Finding a, th- like a therapist that's good for you is also very difficult. So I was jealous of a girl that basically got something that I already have. Yeah. And I was like, I worked really hard for it. Right. She didn't. And she was like, what? Like, yeah. that doesn't, why are you, want? like, she's like, that's just your ego talking. Yeah. And you don't know how hard she worked. Right. And I was like, I, you're so right. I hear you. Yeah. So when you're on stage, you get insecure about your looks. Yeah. I'll like, that's something that Even I'll though normally. People don't have you on stage because they're like, she's the hottest thing that ever happened. People want you because you will make anyone laugh at any moment. A hundred percent. That's just like my default. You know, if I go into an audition and then I don't feel like I did well, I'm like, well, <laughs> you're unattractive. Like you're not going to get it anyway. That's my default. Cause that's like what's in my brain. I have to unte- like unlearn, unteach. Yeah, like the fact that you've told yourself. Yeah. You can go so quick to being like, you're shitty and unattractive. I know. It's sick. It's like with it's me sick. with tennis, when I lose, I go straight to, you fucking suck. Right. I mean. When it's like, I clearly don't suck. Right. 
but this is where we are now. I got a full scholarship <laughs> yeah, right. to do on school. I don't suck, but I would literally be like, I don't know if I've met a worse tennis player than you. Oh, yeah, oh. like I would like look at like beginners and be like, they're fucking better than you. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, but that's your mind playing it's tricks your mind. on you. And it's like talking to yourself, talking and to yourself. And people can't back. see you right now, but Jesse has the most beautiful blue eyes. Thank and you. And are you wearing mascara? I am. Okay, well, with mascara, <laughs> her eyelashes are huge. Huge. And you're gorgeous. Thank you. So that's the funny thing. Like, I would tell you if she's fucking ugly. She's not. Yeah. Which, by the way, I chose a profession where, like, it doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they some say, would say it does. I mean, <laughs> but. no, but then there's the argument that some comedians are funnier when there's something, like, if they're a little bit overweight. Right. Or if they have a big I actually nose. think it has to do with trust. This is something I've realized. Like, I have come to the uh, conclusion that I women like me. Mm-hmm. As a comedian, women like me in general because I'm not threatening. I don't come in in a threatening mm. way. Like, I come in very much like warm motherly. Warm motherly, but also like, girl, I'm not going to steal your man. I can't even talk to a guy. Like, I, I, it's so much to the point that they're like, oh, I'm really not worried about her. And I'm like, don't worry about me. Like, my job <laughs> is to make you like me. Like, with. Guys, it's the same thing where I'm like, yo, I'm going to be like your little sister, like that you're like, oh, nuggy, nuggy. Like I never come in in a way that's threatening. That's so funny. And maybe it's why we get along well, because I'm like so alpha. Yeah, you are. Where girls don't will immediately not like me and I have to convince them to like me like, hey, I'm not going to steal your dude. I'm actually a nice person. When you come in already having that idea, like, oh, I'm the warm, like, unassuming girl. Yeah, right. It's okay if you do that in a confident way. Like, these bitches don't even know. I'm a fucking tigress in the sheets. Tigress? Is that? Oh, fucking tigress. Is it tigress? (laughs) A tigress. Oh, no. (laughs) But it's like, you have to find your own shtick, just like you do in comedy, of your own shtick as as a woman. Right. And what you're looking for. Like, you know when you're with a guy who makes you feel great about yourself? Yeah. It's like you want to find that without him. I know. You want to be that girl without him. Because then they just fucking come to the water. Yeah. And they just want to drink that water. Because your water is good. (laughs) There's enough to go around, boys. There's a lot of metaphors happening (laughs) right now. A lot of metaphors in a watering hole. Exactly. So speaking about relationships, let's let's get deep. Um, Uh When was your first heartbreak? Um, this is so fun. (laughs) My first heartbreak, my first heartbreak, I would have to say was when I was in my, whatever, 23, 24. Um, and I was a shell of a human. I was heartbroken at like three by a dude who I tried to kiss attack and he was like, no. See, that is a trauma. Three? You were kiss attacked? I was no, a horny kidding. little three-year-old. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Sorry, that's weird. I really wish I didn't say horny three-year-old on air. Post will edit it out, right? We'll edit that out. I get what you're saying. I was humping tables at three. If I that helps. My sex drive was, I was there. I was never a table humper. <laughs> wow, I, I was. I think it's because I played a lot of tennis. I was just tired. So yeah. I would just go to sleep at night. Oh, wow. My parents had to sit me down at like 10 being like, so Jesse. Were you doing it at the dinner table? I was doing it in front of my babysitter while we were watching TV. In my defense, I was like, this is something I enjoy and I'm good at it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why would I not do it, it whenever I can? I'll put it on my LinkedIn. I was like, was it the corner of the table? <laughs> no, this was when I was like ten, so I was just like sitting watching TV mm-hmm. with my babysitter and my sister, but mm-hmm. just like going at it. Would you like get turned on by it? By myself? Yeah. <laughs> I was, Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to masturbate right now because, like, would I'm living orgasm? my best life. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I would go, I guess. Yeah. The babysitter was like, I respect that you're understanding your sexuality at such a young age. Yeah. But this she is did illegal not talk in to New York City. Me. Yeah, she, <laughs> my parents brought it to me, so obviously she was like, "Holy crap!" The, I was, imagine what she probably told her friends. Oh my She's god! She's like, "Hey, I have to go to the jerk off's house yeah, tonight. <laughs> I have to go to this house where this little girl is like so horny." It's way better though than if you're a babysitter and it's like a little like seven year old boy just fondling himself, staring at you. I mean, little boys do fondle themselves constantly. I mean. Like thirty-seven-year-old boys yeah. fondle themselves <laughs> constantly. They were never told not to. Never told not See? to. Uh, Men can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and that's really we are living in hell. So what happened at twenty-three? Okay, so at twenty-three, what was your self-esteem like at twelve? Twenty-three. Ooh, how low can you go? You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the last round of the limbo thing. I was so fucking. I was a wreck. I was in the middle of my eating disorder, like the prime. And what eating disorder was it? I was, I think it's called uh, anorexic nervosa, whatever, something like that, where like I was bulimic, actively bulimic, but I would starve myself Mm -hmm. until I was like, wait, I actually do need to eat. So then I would eat so much to the point where I was like, well, if I'm going to eat this much, I'm going to eat to the point where I can then just throw it up. So it's a lot of focus on eating. How do you have time for a boy? And that's actually why, like, I... Like, guys were not a priority for me yeah. when I was in high school or college or yeah. even after. Because I was like, I'm in a full-time committed relationship no, with, with your eating disorder. 100%. It drove but you know my life. I have a question. If there mm-hmm. were no—you're straight. Yeah. If there were no men on the planet, mm-hmm. would you give a fuck what you ate? Yeah, it had to—it it didn't have to—see, that's— It yeah. didn't have to do with your body image for men? It didn't have to do with even— body image for a long time. It was a control thing. It was a control thing. It was a way for me to feel like I had control and it was a way for me to punish myself. Mm -hmm. It was a sick, sick thing. But even think about the hair loss. That's, imagine one day looking and realizing you had no hair. That's a loss of control. Loss of control. Exactly. And it's not like I had guys in college or high school who would be like, I really like you. And I'd be like, you're a fool. Like, I'm insulted that you're lying to me. You are hard to get. It's turning me on. (laughs) You are so hard to get. I won't believe you. <laughs> so many games I play, you know? And they're like, like what? Yeah, truly. Because uh, I just, like, I couldn't get over my own shit, which mm-hmm. I'm still working on. Yeah, it's um, a long time journey. It is a long journey. But, yeah, so at 23, 24, I had been... I started doing comedy, so I was like, ooh, I think I found something that, like, I'm good at, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel control. Like, I have control in this. I also just Yeah, because, feel... you know, the control is on the audience. If you think about it, like, yeah. you can nail all your jokes, but if they don't laugh, like, you can have yeah. five different audiences and right. kill it in three shows and bomb in two strictly because of the audience. It's true. I have taken away that power from the audience. A lot of times I won't listen. That's great because most comedians, yeah. like I dated a comedian and he would go, he would get off stage and be like, that that right. audience is fucking dumb tonight. And I'm like, yeah. they're way, what, 
you had no college educating people on this show, but right. last show they were all fucking from Yale. Like, right. what are you talking you about? You just have to sort of change it up and obviously not blame them and sort of call out whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, I've walked on stage and completely abandoned anything I was going to do and just been like, on my way here, like, this actually happened. Do you know how confident that is? Do you know how That's the be- only place I've ever felt confident. Do you know how many beautiful confident? women... You put them on stage with a mic and would never have the balls right. to be that honest. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast because... <clears throat> She's getting choked up. I don't... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just drank too much this weekend. It's like... <clears throat> <laughs> Do you know how many beautiful women I could have on this podcast that are too insecure yeah. to open up about their shit? Because right. God forbid they don't look perfect for a fucking second because there isn't a filter on it. Right. And I don't I don't want to be friends with those people. Like, not... No. not I probably... I, could be friends but like right. they're not the people that you actually authentically connect with because life is about being like this is what I'm struggling with right and you find connections in it totally um and that's why I've connected with with you I know I I do think it's true like I you can have a lot of surface friendships which like I just don't even believe in at this point I'm like I don't have time it's to just talk exhausting about hey do you yeah. want to grab a drink what? No. Uh, is it just, uh, Probably not. Is it so you could do a little Insta story and say, like, oh, we're right. having dinner with a friend? Yeah. I don't have time for more than, I'm like... I'm not into it. I don't have time for more than three close friends. Yeah. Being honest. I've always said to myself, like, you, I've told myself, you, you only need one close friend in any situation. A hundred percent. You know, you don't need 25. You don't need everyone to like you. I like just to one. rotate a bunch of men, but one close friend. <laughs> That's right. Men come and go, baby. Men come and go. <laughs> but speaking of men, okay. do you ever think that guys get intimidated by your humor? Uh, I'd like to think that. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? After a date, you're just like, he couldn't handle it. I'm like, the, honestly, after we got to the calamari, I could tell this guy was off board. He could not handle what I was rattling at him. <laughs> but it's true. Humor is considered a masculine quality. Yeah. Because men would get women with humor mm-hmm. and women would get men with their vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a doctor term. That's that a doctor term, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another man's club. That's another time I turned off my sexuality. When I started doing comedy because I first made a mistake of like, oh, like, you know, you feel like you're the only chicken in a, you're the only hen in a, in a cock house, whatever yes. it's called. I don't, roosters? The opposite. I don't, I'm from it's Brooklyn. It's the opposite I don't of know. like anything you've ever known. Like I was a PR major where it was only women. And then I was oh, like, yeah. oh my God, it's all men. I mean, they're all so messed up. that. So... But you don't see that at first. You're just no, like, at first you're like they, they all wear plaid. Yeah. Oh my God, they're confident. They're funny. They have no issues that I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, this is another thing. But sadly in the industry, it's like. Uh, men don't also respect women who are getting in relationships or dating. So I just never wanted that to be... You mean, so if you were dating someone, they'd think you, like, weren't committed? Yeah, or, like, oh, that's how she got it. Shut Do you know what I mean? fuck up. Well, I know a a woman will kill, and the other male comedians would be like, it's because she's a woman. But 100%. Or they'll be like, I was on a team sometimes where I was the only girl, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, oh, the girl was funny. And I'm like, I can't represent my whole gender every time. <laughs> like, it's funny, too much. like, girls See, girls, I, that's, I, It was a lot of pressure. pressure too much pressure. I mean, right now, we are a female podcast. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have some dudes on it. Maybe. I love talking shit to dudes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, I was in sales. Yep. And people don't know me, but my dad's a salesman. I've been mm. around it since I was born. Yeah. I know My dad sales. is too. That's so funny. Wait. <laughs> Do we fall in love again? Yeah. 
but so I started sales right after college. I was yeah. super competitive. Sure. And I was a tennis player. I was never really. I played on the men's team in in high school. Like I never saw myself in a sexualized way when I was younger. I was right. just like the tennis player. Like my dad and I, who's my coach, it was all just about tennis, tennis, tennis. Yeah. So I wouldn't look in the mirror and decide if I was good looking or not. I didn't give a fuck. I wanted to be number one in the world. Yeah. Like I did not care how I looked. Right. And it's weird, but my parents also never called me beautiful when I was young in yeah. a way of like it wasn't valued right which really helped which I me. love like it like to this day like I came to this podcast didn't look at myself in the mirror then realized that I might be on camera and thought maybe I should put a little thing on to look like I give a fuck but that's all yeah um so in the sales room right I knew I was going to do well yeah. I had to prove myself obviously like they didn't they didn't immediately respect me but then when I started doing well they were like Oh, it's because she's a girl. She has, she she giggles and has like a sexy phone voice. And I'm right. like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And I'm like, I get it if I'm like wearing slutty stuff and going on business meetings. This is cold calling. Uh, yeah. You also, think a guy who who has to feed his children and he runs a pizza shop that right. I'm selling digital marketing to gives a fuck if my voice sounds cute? Right. Maybe he'll listen to me longer, but he's not gonna give me fifteen thousand dollars. No. So I dealt with. Being in a male field. Yeah. Um, like that. Right. So tell me about this heartbreak that you've been trying to make me forget about. I know. By distracting me, and I'm easily distracted. That's me for you. <laughs> sneaky, uh, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, I started becoming really good friends with this comedian that was, a, you know, a good friend of mine. Um, and I had never... That's not true. Had you had sex before? Uh, no. Okay. Definitely not... <laughs> No P in the V? No P in the V. I mean, no even, like, uh... You could be graphic. I mean, just straight out. In high school, it was, like, not even a kiss. I hadn't kissed anyone until college. I know. I'm the, and now we're really getting but there. But no, it's okay. This is good. But I I'm, I'm just I'm an aggressive person. I, right. I was, my like <laughs> I think when I was like 5, one of the parents of a kid was like, "Hey, Hannah had a play date with Jacob and she started like licking his face." And wow. <laughs> Well, I already knew how to pleasure myself. So I know. See, I didn't masturbate until until like college. Wow, I was busy. Oh, you were busy, girl. Good for you. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, high school. I was, you know, I was scared of a lot. I was very prude, and I was scared of almost everything. You to this day are still kind of scared of a lot of things. That's true. I mean, I'm not gonna hide it. I still, yeah, I still am scared of a lot of stuff. I'm still like have that prude mentality mm -hmm. um which my favorite part is like it's not like my parents well they are a little old-fashioned but they aren't like breathing things down my they neck they weren't like wait till marriage no at one point they were like you should get some yeah i mean that's really honestly been true in a lot of places in my life <laughs> people would be like no jesse you can chill now i'm like oh okay we're all doing it <laughs> okay cool um so and then in college, like, I never could trust a guy enough mm -hmm. to be able to be vulnerable. Like, mm -hmm. I normally found a way to exit before that point. And giving him your body is the most, like, vulnerable thing. For me, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially when you're dealing with some body stuff. Exactly. I was just like, what if <laughs> he mm -hmm. sees my body and is like, you know what? Do you mind leaving? 
Like, that was always my biggest fear, you mm-hmm. know? When, meanwhile, like, <laughs> meanwhile, they're like, I see tits. I, yeah, exactly. I see a nipple <laughs> and I'm going in. Uh, yeah, which, that's a whole nother thing, like, working through even But to like, understand sexual, how yeah. the male's brain works, which I'm still working on, you have to put yourself in it. And you were still like, I don't even want to know what that water's like a lot of water references yeah you you want to test the water but also it's like will it burn scary. You? i'm scared to go near the water, water. Is a scary thing um it is a scary thing so this guy so this guy was a good friend of mine who and i should say that he's not the person i did not ha- sleep with him okay um but uh after a little bit it became clear to like a lot of people that we were you like it was an emotional connection connection relationship to the point where i mean i had never once again even said i liked anybody <laughs> but you've had crushes before yeah but if it ever became like mutual i was like just kidding you know what i mean yeah. i could never i was never able to i was always afraid i would never tell my friends in college when i went on a date They'd be really mad at me because they'd be like, Jesse, and I... I would have fucking killed you because I would have been like, tell me everything. Right, and I would lie and not tell anyone. And they could have... You know what? They could have probably given you some good advice. No, been, no. Or they could have been like, oh, I get nervous too before dates. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that guy is, is an asshole, so it's okay that he treated you badly. Yeah. Sometimes opening up with other girls about stuff is, is good. That's true. You have to trust them. I did have friends that told me to do something in college with a guy that then, like, I got super drunk and was like, I'm going over there. And he was, like, sober. Yeah, and then all my friends, I I did. And then all my friends came knocking on the door because they were like, he's a predator. And I was like, wait, you told me to do this. You know what's so funny? I had that, I was, like, at the end of a hookup with a guy. I could tell, like, it wasn't working anymore. And... One night I got really drunk and I'm like, I'm going over to his place. Yeah. And you're like all drunk and I'm like, I'm going to give him yeah. the best head of his life. Yeah. And he gets there and he's like asleep. And I'm like, hey. And Wake he's him like, up. And he's yeah. like, what? And it was like the worst. And I was like, I, yeah. I'm i going to leave. And like, I still remember that moment being so embarrassed. So embarrassing. Because the expectations versus reality. Like to have a guy deny a blowjob from you is is traumatic <laughs> trauma yeah. trauma Trauma 101 <laughs> yeah you're like okay well well that's why i was like i can't be like talked into things or like you know clearly they I, we, well you have trust issues to begin with so you feel betrayed by your friends the dude you feel betrayed by because you're like come on just take a blowy well and yeah he got weird after that, to be honest. He yeah. was like semi. I mean, he so got. So you tried to go past the emotional and make it physical, and it couldn't have gone worse. That was in college. That was okay. yes, but no. So then I, I with this guy, I was finally like, I think like I love you. Like I think I love you. I think I really like want this to be something. Then it got really muddled, and then uh, eventually it, it was like no. <laughs> Was there physical stuff? Like, did you guys kiss and stuff? Uh, did we kiss? Yes, but it was... Um, but you know what? It sounds like a first love. You're figuring that shit out. Yeah. It, I think, the obviously, the most hurtful part was how far I was able to go emotionally with him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And also he had told me, I never was able to open up with him though. Cause he had told me when I first became friends with him, like his ex had an eating disorder mm. and like something about like, he never wanted to go through that again. And That's I was like, the worst <laughs> thing he could have said, <laughs> right. literally oh. the worst thing. Uh, uh, but it's funny how then you were like, I want to see if I could deal with this guy. Like I was like, just never tell him. I think what I realized then is like, I was a broken person attracted to someone also broken. Mm-hmm. We smoked a lot. Which I was like, oh my god, I'm able to relax with him. Like, and no, like, no, no, the marijuana. We was smoked relaxing. a lot. Like, but I was telling myself, like, oh, cool, look at all this I'm doing. Like, I don't care any. Like, he makes me feel like I don't care. It's like because he actually doesn't Do you care about that anything. Two broken people, no, can work. No, I don't. Because some people are like, well, we're he has anxiety problems. I have anxiety problems. Like, are you just feeding your own anxiety problems? And right. Not Sometimes you're each staying other? in it. I mean, for myself. I feel like you have to be a full, whole person Mm -hmm. to then... Or in the ways that you're broken. I don't... I don't fucking like the word broken. My ex, when I met him, was like, by the way, I'm broken. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. It just means, like, I'm... Like, he's basically saying, like, I can't make this work. Yeah. Early on. Right. But, um, I don't think anything is broken i think you might be like a glass that shattered a little right it's like a my like my iphone works great i've dropped it a thousand times yeah there's some yeah. cracks in it but i can still fucking dm like the best of them right and um, i don't think broken is the right word but i think if two people ha- everyone has their shit right it's like your shit has to be compatible with my shit you can't be with a guy who's like oh i hate girls with eating disorders that just like the worst possible thing <laughs> right. that you could do but you're kind of like wanted to see if and you can't fix anyone also the main thing is like you can't fix anyone else like it doesn't matter what their thing is you know how many people told me like hey you probably shouldn't be doing that or i mean some people tell you the wrong way i had a friend who was like if you don't stop doing that like i don't want you to ever talk to me about it again i was like cool you're dead to me but no one could ever make me stop throwing up no one could ever make mm-hmm. me stop putting my finger down my throat mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i had to get to a point where i was like i'm not doing this anymore. and there are some people that can make that worse for you oh but there's no one that can really like just come into your life and you know they give you a kiss better. and magically right. you're like oh my god i love every part of myself it never had to no, do no, no. with them mm-hmm. and if if my self-worth comes from someone else not only if that goes badly, I'm going to go right down that spiral again, but my, I can't put all of my eggs in their basket. Like, my basket has to be able to—I used to compare it to a tray, like mm-hmm. a waitress, because mm-hmm. uh, when I was trying to get better, I was like, I can't be dating, because every time I started dating, it was like my tray was going like this, mm-hmm. and then I would start spiraling, because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I know why he doesn't like me, because of this. But then it's also like, if you avoid dating because you think you're not ready, yeah. it's almost like an excuse to not try to, like, be yourself and be normal. And I mean, that, and I mean, normal is a complicated word, but it's like, I have friends who are like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Yeah. No, you're holding yourself back. Put yourself in there. Just go in it. Yeah. And see what happens, because don't, no, no one's ever ready for anything. Yeah. I guess I could see that. I just think, <laughs> you're like twitching. You're <laughs> I, like, could see, <laughs> I could see that. I do think there are times where it may not be the best thing for you, but you can't wait it's like you accepting know, a new job. 20 years because you're like, I can't do this. Well, you can't of plan things. Of course. And I think it just continue working on yourself and don't say, don't put red flags in your head like, I can't have men right now. I can't deal with this right now. I can't deal with that. Right. 
be a little looser and <laughs> chill the fuck out, which is be so much looser. easier to say yeah. without putting restrictions. So I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I honestly feel so much closer to you even after this podcast. Yeah. And you're so fucking strong, brave, and confident to come on this pod and talk about your eating disorders Always. and your mental health. Yeah. And you are killing it in the comedy industry. I can't even wait to see what you do in the future. You're recently in a Kohl's, big Kohl's <laughs> campaign. Like I a was. national huge Kohl's <laughs> yeah. campaign. And like, huge. it's just incredible how successful you are with all this stuff underneath that you're dealing with yeah and I think that I'm so excited to see what you do in the future and I definitely want to have you on again to like kind of catch up and see how things are going with you what's your yeah. what you're working on um how was hell oh it was great I've been here so many times <laughs> it just felt like coming home you're like I have a timeshare <laughs> yeah, exactly NBD I wish we had talked more about you though oh People will learn. Yeah. I think just to wrap it up, though. Yeah. Do you have one piece of advice for people who may be going through similar things as you on how you've coped to this time to be as successful as you are? Yes. I think the moment I stopped making my trauma or issues a secret, as soon as I started, like it took a long time to, but as soon as it wasn't this big secret I was keeping and it was like just a fact about yourself... It, it loses its power. Mm. So for so long, I hid having an eating disorder. And I felt like a liar because I was lying all the time. But then once you start just being like... And then that's where shame happens. Totally. When you lie, you're more shameful. And shame is a terrible emotion to like have on your back. Yeah, because already, you already feel bad about it. And now you have shame on top of it. So as soon as you're just like, yeah, I'm struggling with this thing or I went through this thing, but I'm doing great now. Or even like to keep yourself accountable that mm -hmm. your friend's like, okay. And be compassionate to yourself about what yes. you're going through. Instead of being like, Hannah, how could you be going through an eating right. disorder? Instead of be like, damn it, Hannah. This must be tough for you. Right. And when you start talking to yourself like that, other people, like, start talking to you like that, too. Yes. And then that's where the love comes. The self-voice. Someone also told me, and I try to tell myself, because I have a little sister. Mm -hmm. You Do you, you don't have... I have a younger brother. Younger brother. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Well, I think a younger sibling is easier to picture this, but I'm like, think about what you would tell her yeah. in this situation. Like, And I'm always like, wow... If I heard my sister talk to herself the way I spoke to myself, I would be so sad, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so upset. And once you come to the realization that you're actually in control of your own self-voice, right. that's where the power comes. Yeah. And that's when improvement and self-growth and self-love comes. Right. And it'll take time. It's not a one-two fix. Oh, yeah. It'll take time, and it'll you'll make mistakes. But your brain is malleable. Yeah. Remember that. That's right. one thing. I, I've been through some dark shit. Right. A year ago, I, like, actually had a run of depression, and I was yeah. like, I'm never going to get out of this. This oh, is me right. now. Yeah, this right. is me now. And now oh. I'm sitting here starting my first podcast with an incredible talent. We have a room. Where you can't room? even imagine I where was, we are. <laughs> it's a really cool room. I love a room. These I love days. a room. Rooms are have so Have you seen in the right room? Now. See it. See it. <laughs> so I want to thank you for coming. Pleasure. And um, thank you. <laughs>